Welcome to the Grad School Femme Touring Podcast. This is Dr. Yvette Martinez Vu, and I will be serving as your Femme Tour, providing you with tips and tricks and everything else you need to know to get into graduate school. For the past 10 years, I've been helping undergraduate students get into top graduate programs in their field, and I'm really excited to share this information with you too. Hi everyone, today I am going to be talking about fellowships. I'm going to be talking about two fellowships in particular, the Ford Foundation Predoctoral Fellowship and the NSF GRFP Fellowship, which is the graduate, what does that stand for? <laughs> graduate Fellowship, oh my gosh, GRFP. Graduate Research Fellowship Program. Yes, that's what that stands for. So I'm going to be talking about those two fellowships, what they are, why you should apply, um, who actually is eligible to apply, and some tips for how to approach um, the application process. So if you're applying to grad school this fall, I often strongly suggest, recommend, um, my students to apply to these two fellowships along with others, uh, but these are two um, very big ones um, that come up every year around the same season as grad school apps. They're due in uh, October and December, um, usually each year. And they're great because they're external sources of funding for grad school. And if you come into graduate school, with these external sources of funding, it allows you um, to leverage your funding opportunities. It puts you in a position of power, it makes you much more competitive, it gives you more options to decide how you're gonna navigate each year of graduate school with regard to like TA ships and research assistantships and how much uh, support, how much time you'll have to just be working on your research. So we'll start with the Ford Foundation Predoctoral Fellowship. So through its fellowship programs, the Ford Foundation, this is like based on their website, they seek to increase the diversity of the nation's college and university faculties by increasing their ethnic and racial diversity to maximize the educational benefits of diversity and to increase the number of professors who can and will use diversity as a resource for enriching the education of all students. So as you can tell, this fellowship primarily focuses on diversity, on supporting diverse scholars or scholars who are going to support diversity in academia. The Ford Foundation does this through providing three types of fellowships. One of them is the pre-doctoral fellowship, another is a dissertation year fellowship, and the last one is the post-doctoral fellowship. In your case, you will be applying for the pre-doctoral fellowship, and that fellowship is awarded to individuals who, according to their language, have demonstrated superior academic achievement, are committed to a career in teaching and research at the college or university level, show promise of future achievement as scholars and teachers, and are well prepared to use diversity as a resource for enriching the education of all students. It's great because this fellowship will provide you with three years of support for um, completing a PhD. Um, please keep in mind that the Ford Fellowship does not provide support for master's degrees. 
And so that's something you want to consider because this is where it's different from the NSF GRFP. The NSF GRFP does allow you to use their funding for master's programs. The Ford Foundation Pre-Doctoral Fellowship does not. All right, so who is actually eligible for the Ford Fellowship? And for that, um, you want to take a look at Ford Pre-Doctoral Fellowship Eligibility. So if you go to their website, you'll see they have a fact sheet. And on that fact sheet, it'll give you a list of bullets of who is eligible. So you do have to be a U.S. citizen or a permanent resident. You have to show, quote, evidence of academic achievement, evidence of being committed to teaching and research. Um, you should be enrolled in a research-based institution. Um, you should have at least three years of study to complete your PhD. Um, but usually they're, they're supporting folks who are in the early parts of graduate school. So once you um, are closer to graduating, you're applying to the dissertation, your fellowship. So this is usually for first and second year PhD students who are applying. Um, and of course, if you're a prospective PhD student going in to apply to grad school, you um, can also apply. And um, also you cannot have already earned a doctoral degree <laughs> to apply. So those are the eligibility requirements. There's no set, um, it doesn't explicitly say that you have to be underrepresented, um, although it's considered a positive factor for selection. So if you are a member in one of the following underrepresented groups, um, being Alaska Native, Black, African American, Mexican American, Chicanx, Native American, um, American Indians, Native Pacific Islander, Puerto Rican, that's the language that they use. It's considered a positive factor for selection, but not necessarily an eligibility requirement. So if you see yourself and say, I don't fit one of those, but you are still committed to supporting diversity in academia, then you likely are still can apply. And then the other thing you'll wanna take a look at are the eligible fields of study. This is very important to look at for both fellowships because they're very different in terms of what fields they support. Um, the Ford Fellowship tends to be more broad in terms of the fields that they support. And so they have a list of programs um, that are on their website. And like, for instance, they have biology, ecology, education, engineering, history, philosophy, literature, um, let's see, decline. Hopefully you didn't hear that, but I just got a phone call. Anyway, so they have um, philosophy, physical sciences, psychology, social, cultural, anthropology, sociology, and then within those there are subfields. So just double check, make sure that your field is in there. If it's not, you want to reach out to them because in some cases you can petition, at least for the Ford Fellowship, to see if you um, if your field fits another category. I, I remember when I applied, my PhD was in theater and performance studies. Um, I am a, a former Ford Fellow, and um, 
I don't think that performance studies was one of the fields or it wasn't clear that my degree was exactly the same title as the fields that they were supporting. And so I contacted them and they told me, yes, you can apply within this field. And, and they clarified that for me. So when in doubt, ask them. All right, so if you're eligible, um, the deadline is usually in December. Let's see if I can find the deadline for you for this year. I'm going to go back to their main website. Pre-doctoral application instructions deadline, December 17th, 2020. So see, you have plenty of time to apply if you're serious about it. And what do they ask for for this application? They ask for a personal statement. That's typically two pages. They ask for a statement of previous research. That's typically three pages. Um, these are double spaced. They ask for a proposed plan of grad study. And that's two pages. And then they ask for three letters of rec and transcripts. So this is not too bad because if you think about it, a lot of these materials you will already have drafts of based on your grad apps. I mean, most graduate applications are going to ask you for a personal statement. The statement of previous research and the proposed plan of graduate study, those are materials that you can pull um, from your statement of purpose for grad school. And so, um, you know, it's not going to be too different except for you're going to want to tailor it and make sure that you address the bullets of the prompts. Um, so that you emphasize, you know, diversity, you emphasize your commitment to teaching and research, but you'll have something to work off of. You're not going to be starting from scratch. And then the three reference letters will be the same recommenders that are writing you letters for grad school. You need three recommenders for grad school. So the same three will be more than happy to write you letters for these fellowships. It's really just another letter. They're already going to write eight to 12 letters for you anyway, and they're gonna be using the same template. So it's not gonna be a big deal for them to add a few more. And then transcripts, like I said, you're gonna be sending transcripts for grad apps, might as well send transcripts for the Ford Fellowship. All right, so that's the Ford Fellowship. Now I'm gonna move on to the NSF GRFP, um, Graduate Research Fellowship Program. <laughs> I couldn't remember it earlier. Um, all right, so what is the NSF? The NSF is an independent federal agency that, you know, according to their website, was created by Congress in 1950 to promote the progress of science, to advance the national health, prosperity, and welfare, and to secure national defense. And then they go on and on. So um, it's a federal agency, and they're trying to promote science. Um, NSF provides funding to undergrads, grad students, postdocs, um, K-12 educators, small business programs, veterans, and so on. So it's much more expansive in terms of who they support um, than the Ford Fellowship. And um, in your case, you will be eligible as a prospective graduate student to apply for the GRFP, Graduate Research Fellowship Program. What is the GRFP? The GRFP program provides fellowships to individuals who, quote, are 
early in their graduate careers based on their demonstrated potential for significant research achievements in science, technology, engineering, or mathematics, or in STEM education. Um, like the Ford pre-doc, they provide three years of support. And um, in their case, they do provide support for research-based master's programs, not just PhD programs. And what's interesting is that even though their emphasis is STEM, their definition of science is a broad definition. So they do include pro social science programs and at least one humanities program. So they include programs like anthropology, uh, sociology. They um, also, the linguistics is a humanities field that they support. And so that's why I say, don't, don't say, oh, I'm, I'm in X field. I'm not doing hard science research. I shouldn't apply for an NSF fellowship. Actually, you should check to see what fields are supported and you'd be surprised your field might be supported. Um, unfortunately, in my case, PhD in theater, I it was not a field that was supported. Um, literature, I don't think, is a field that's supported. That's why I applied to the Ford instead. But um, they do support a wide range of fields. So when in doubt, double check their website. All right, so let's see. I'm going to see if I can find some eligibility information for you. <clears throat> and I believe their eligibility requirements are pretty similar to the Ford, with the exception that they're not really prioritizing diversity. They're prioritizing science and the progress of science. All right, so applicants, am I eligible? So to be eligible for the GRFP, you need to be Again, U.S. citizen or permanent resident. Um, you need to be pursuing either a master's or PhD in a GRFP supported field. So check what disciplines are allowed. Um, be at an early stage in your graduate career. So again, first year or two of grad school, you don't want to be finishing up your dissertation when you're applying for this. That For that, you'll be applying to different types of fellowships. It says here, have completed no more than one academic year or full-time graduate study. Uh, oh, no more than one academic year of full-time graduate study. So you want to apply uh, now, like when you're at the same time that you're applying to graduate school or after your first year of graduate school, because uh, you can actually age yourself out and <laughs> apply when it, if you wait too long, it might be too late to apply. It also says that grad students are limited to only one application submitted either in the first year or in the second year of graduate school. So if you're already a graduate student, you can only apply once. That's my interpretation of that. So that's the eligibility. And now in terms of deadlines, the deadlines actually vary for the GRFP. Um, it depends on the discipline. So their deadlines range from October 19th to October 30th this year. Actually, no, October 19th through the 22nd. Reference letters are due October 30th. Um, and it just depends. So October 19th for life sciences, October 20th for engineering, psych, social sciences, um, 
October 22nd for chemistry, math, physics, and astronomy. So you'll want to check to see which deadline applies to you. All right, and what does the NSF GRFP ask for? What are the application materials? They, too, ask for a personal statement. They ask for a relevant background statement. Uh, well, it's called personal statement, relevant background statement, and future goal statement, and it's all one. It's three pages. So that's one essay. And then the second essay is the graduate research plan statement. And this one's two pages. And, uh, you know, like I mentioned earlier, you can work off of material that you're already writing for your grad apps, but you will have to tailor it a little bit more. So you'll want to tailor, especially your graduate research plan, a little bit more for the GRFP because they introduce two sections. Uh, one of them is called the intellectual merit section and the other one is called the broader impact section. And so they tell you how they're defining each section and what to include. And so you wanna take a look at that to make sure that you address both in your statements. But again, work off of what you have. Don't make your life difficult. Don't try to start from scratch. And one thing that actually is true for the NSF is that they don't hold you accountable to working on the project that you propose for the GRFP. So if you say you're going to work on something in grad school and then you actually go to grad school and change your mind and change your topic, it's okay. They'll continue to support you. They'll continue to give you funding. You're not going to get in trouble. They're not going to take it away. So just keep that in mind. They want to make sure that you can write a successful proposal, but they're not necessarily invested in you following through with it at the end of the day. So don't worry too much about that part. So aside from those two statements, they asked for three reference letters. Again, same people who are writing for grad school can write for the NSF, and they asked for transcripts. So hopefully you're starting to see a pattern. A lot of these statements overlap, and a lot of these applications ask same number of recommenders, and they ask for transcripts. Okay, so now I want to share some tips because I did apply for fellowships and I know how stressful and overwhelming that can be. Oh, you're going to hear me clicking. <laughs> um, and I just, I want to share kind of what worked for me, what didn't, and hopefully some of these tips will, will help you out. So the first thing is try to set up some sort of study group, working group, buddy system, study buddy. Um, the point is you don't want to do this alone. So find someone else who's also going to be applying to fellowships or applying to grad school and work with them, exchange materials, um, set up study sessions, study dates with them. And you can do this all. It's fine. You can do it over Zoom. You can do it over Google, a Google um, document where each of you is, you know, in the chat, checking in at checking in on each other every half hour to see, you know, what progress you've been making. So don't do it alone. Next is you want to try to draft your materials early on. You don't want to wait until the last minute um, because then this gives you time to be able to revise and edit it. So that way um, 
it doesn't feel like a rush during complete draft. These are, these are very competitive fellowships. And so you do want to take them seriously, which is why you want to give yourself more time. And if you give yourself more time, it also allows you the ability to work on very messy first drafts. Cause you know, okay, it's okay for it to be a messy draft. It's okay for it to not be perfect because I still have time to work on it. You want to get help from your faculty mentors. Um, this both uh, kind of provides you with accountability and um, they'll give you valuable feedback. So the fact that you're telling them that you're applying, that you're going to send them a draft for feedback kind of forces you to work on that draft because they're going to be waiting for it. So that's why I say request help. It'll be in enforced accountability. You want to create application packets for your recommenders, kind of like how I often tell my students when they're applying to grad school, you want to have a letter of recommendation packet for that as well. And in that packet, you give them drafts of your application materials, and they can be rough drafts. They don't have to be perfect. So you give them a draft of the personal statement, the research plan, you give them a copy of your CV, a copy of your transcripts, unofficial is fine. Don't waste your money giving them official transcripts. And you want to give them a list of the fellowships you're applying to and your own internal deadline. I recommend making the deadline a week or two before the actual deadline. So that way they turn it in on time. Um, see if you can access any samples of successful statements. You can do that by reaching out to people who you know who have been awarded this fellowship and asking them if they feel comfortable sharing materials or if they'd like to share advice on how to apply. Because um, the, you know, a good way to learn how to draft a strong app is by looking at a successful one. Um, also, you want to find role models. You know, is there someone in your discipline, in your department, in your program, in your extended network who received this fellowship and if so maybe reach out to them for advice um make sure that um you when you're writing your statements or when you're tailoring them you want to address kind of the the mission of each of the um of like the organization or the foundation that's funding it so the mission is diversity. You want to stress diversity. If the mission is promoting science progress, you want to really emphasize that as well. If they're using a set type of terminology, you want to kind of mirror that term terminology. So tailor things to their mission. You want to follow their exact guidelines. Definitely keep to the page limit. Um, Look, read and closely double check the prompts. So if the prompt is just one prompt, make sure you answer everything that's on it. If it's a prompt, but then it has a lot of bullets under it, you wanna make sure that you're checking off each bullet and addressing each bullet. Um, <clears throat> what else would I say? You want to make sure that you are very like clear and direct in your language. You don't wanna to try to build suspense. Um, you don't want to sound wishy-washy or like you're not sure what you're going to do. You want to be confident in your language. So state your plans with certainty. I am going to do this. I am going to study. I am going to complete a PhD. Even if you're not sure, um, 
you want to sound confident and you want to be as clear as possible with your language. That's something that obviously you might have a, a trouble doing during your first draft, but as you're revising, make sure that you're revising to make sure that um, you sound as clear and as confident as possible in your language. I think that's all I'm going to say in terms of tips for applying. I hope that you found this helpful because I know that not enough students apply for the NSF or for the Ford Foundation Fellowship when they're applying to grad school. And it's one of the things that every year I hear from alumni, like if there was one thing you wish you could do, you know, when you were applying to grad school, what would, what would that be? And time and time again, they say, I wish I would have applied to external sources of funding. I wish I would have applied for the NSF. I wish I would have applied for the Ford. Even if they don't get it, you'll get feedback. And oftentimes people get it the second time that they apply. So it's just a really good experience. You'll gain a lot from it. Um, you'll, you're learning actually a skill of how to apply for these types of fellowships. And you're gonna be doing this for quite a long time. So the earlier you learn how to do this, the better off you'll be. Okay, that's all I'm going to say for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks so much for joining me in the Grad School Fem Touring Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please rate this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you tune in. You can also support the podcast by donating to my Patreon page, Anchor page, or Venmo account, which is at Grad School Fem Touring. If you have questions or episode topics, you can contact me by sending me a DM on Instagram, sending me an email to gradschoolfemtouring at gmail.com, sending me a voice message on Anchor, or sending me a message via my personal website at yvettemartinezvu.com. Until next time. <laughs>